Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 96, which we are recording on Tuesday, September 1st, 2015. <laughs> Charlene and I were just whining about the fact that it's already September. September. Mm-hmm. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing? I was wearing a brand new shawl that I finished. I don't even remember the name because the like rosewood or something i i'd have to go look it's a, a test knit yeah, and by the time this episode comes out the pattern may be out so if it is i'll link it in the show notes but it's a shawl by elizabeth doherty and i recently finished it so i'll talk more about it in another segment and i'm just mesmerized by it the <laughs> colors the yarn is so amazing with its beautiful speckled variegation that works it's so really phenomenally well with the with stitch, the stitch pattern. pattern yeah that i really want to go buy some speckled yarn now so that i can knit the shawl which i was just talking about before we've been sitting here chatting for almost an hour i know i know <laughs> and we've done i've already shopped i've already we've done all the things so how about you? What are you wearing? I am wearing the Fireflies Rising Shawlette, which is a pattern by Helen Stewart. And I knit this in Western Sky Knits Silk Sock in the Vivid colorway, which is a beautiful purple. And it's, again, been hot in Santa Cruz. And as I was getting dressed this morning, I'm wearing these really wild leggings. They're like all the colors in these big circles and flowers and they're just crazy and I was looking at my shawls which are mostly variegated types of colors and I thought oh you just can't wear one of those shawls with those (laughs) leggings that's way over the top so I was looking at my solid ones and I thought oh my gosh this color goes remarkably well with these wild leggings so it was like it was meant to be so I'm very happy with this cute little combination well you said it was hot i feel like we have to explain that up until 10 minutes ago it was a foggy morning yeah and it was cold and the sun just came out relative well it was in the 60s it was chilly -er. (laughs) and now the sun came out and we're starting to peel off layers because as soon as the sun comes out the temperature goes up at least really quickly yeah Yeah. Yeah, yes the fog slowly creeps out towards sea we get warmer and warmer and warmer. And, warmer. Yes. and if it's anything like it's been the last several days, we'll be in the 90s. At Well, it's been 100 in my yeah. yard most days. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying wearing a hand knit because I haven't been wearing them. <laughs> I know. It's too darn warm. Exactly. So what have you been stocking in the last two weeks? So I've been stocking a couple of things. One thing is a brand new pattern that was just released by Justina Lurkowska. Free pattern available on Ravelry. Her playground shawl. It's so pretty. It's so cute. Now, this shawl is... It's an asymmet- I think it's asymmetrical. It says triangle shaped, but it, maybe it's not asymmetrical. It's just knit on the bias. So maybe it looks slightly asymmetrical. Or elongated. Yeah, slightly elongated. It could be. Yeah, I think it is. (laughs) But the cool thing is this yarn is, or this pattern is knit in a self-striping yarn. It's a self-striping yarn. Mm, Caterpillar green. Caterpillar green yarns. I don't know them. I know that because I've stocked her site more than once. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I am not familiar with the yarn dyer, but... It looks like that yarn and this shawl together, you just knit 
as you go and the stripes it it looks like it's meant made to work out with the stripes it is it's for a, each section it's a self-striping yarn well. for shawls so okay. the color the stripes are meant to be knit for a shawl as opposed to a sock where they're going to be short little stripes right and one of our listeners Gwen Schweitzer she knit one in that same exact colorway that Justina used for one of the colors of fall entries oh okay yeah very similar shawl and so the yarn the colorway that Justina used for her sample is a rainbow and so each color repeat, there's only one of each color repeat. It's not, you don't go through the color sequence and then start over again. It's just one big stripe for each color. So it's really cool. With a dark gray in between. With a dark gray in between, Yeah, yes. so it's, you know, red, orange, green, blue, purple, and each color has a equal amount of dark gray. Yeah. So each, the width of each stripe is the same, right? Yes, yeah. I, it looks like it. And yeah. it's alternating stitch patterns, too. The gray is in garter, and the colored, the rainbow-colored stripes are in a lacy two-row two two, no, two repeat. So it looks relatively easy. I, I keep thinking that I just want to use something that I already have, and probably am not going to, if I make it, probably am not going to do it rainbow, just do it two colors just make a two color shawl i have been stocking rainbow gradient yarns <laughs> for months i have had this rainbow yearning i don't even know why so i guess you'd better get this yarn well it's really really hard to get her yarn you oh, have to is? be stocking her updates and oh yeah i don't do that i know you don't so you wouldn't do it but what you could also do because i've all I've obviously already considered this. <laughs> you could do one solid and you could do, and then you could use remnants or mm-hmm. leftovers of different colors for mm-hmm. your stripes. So you could use any stripe sequence you want based on what you have in your stash. That's exactly what I was planning on doing. I have a skein of Madeline Tosh Merino Light in Edison Bulb that I got at the retreat happy color. this year, which is a very happy color. And I'm thinking it would look lovely alternated with the gray stripes. You could be a we'll crossing see. guard with that shawl <laughs> for Edison bulb. Yeah, it would be lovely though. Yes, it would be but very, But I really like that pattern. And it's a free pattern. So I'm sure we're going to see lots of variations popping up on Ravelry using different yarns yep. since as gail mentioned the yarn apparently is hard to get very difficult to get yeah and if it, if the yarn is hard to get i'll pick something else because i don't generally go for yarns that are hard to get yeah. <laughs> it is lovely though and it's a neat i don't think i've ever seen another dyer who dyes yarn that's self-striping for shawls like that that's deliberately intended Four shawls. Yeah, that's really it's a great neat. idea. It's really neat because no ends to weave in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so the second thing I am stocking is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And this is one that I've mentioned before. I think I had forgotten the name of it the last yep. couple of times we talked about it. It's a big oversized ribbed ribbed coat, and it is called True. And it is from her Interpretations collection that came out, let's see, in January, January of this year. Interpretations 2. Oh, okay. It just says Interpretations. 
It was their second collection. I think collection. it was the yeah, second one. Was. Yeah. <clears throat> and we saw a sample. We saw this sample in February. Yeah, Stitches. At Stitches. Lovely, lovely sweater. And I ended up purchasing some yarn. And I was telling Gail before we started recording that I don't know what I was thinking because now I'm not sure I have enough yarn. But then we revisited the pattern and I think I was planning on not making it as quite as long because the model that Hohi is wearing is almost to her knees. And I don't think I would make mine quite that long. So... And I think she's about your height too. So oh, okay. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't think I would make mine quite that long. So I think that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Can't well, tell. and I know that we had an, an in depth conversation about we it. We did, and I standing think we were in the in the booth standing of in abstract the booth, fibers. And I think at some point we were even texting Hohi about it. Yeah, too. I'm sure we did. <laughs> so so I do have some yarn in stash that I'm hoping to use for that. She's got a fall knit along that's coming up and I need to sit down and figure out what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> so what is what is your likelihood of knitting that one? What is your so like on a stocking scale of oh I really think I want to knit this or I think I'm no, going to No, I want to make that and I have the yarn for it. So that I should just be scheduling that, writing that on my calendar somewhere. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it's it's moved beyond knitting fantasy into yeah. the queue, basically. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So that's a good idea. Maybe I'll just add it to queue. There we go. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised okay. it wasn't already in your queue because you have the pattern and the yarn. So yeah, definitely. That so. magical combination has already been achieved. Okay, so what about you? What are you stocking? So I'm stocking Hohe patterns as well because her fall knit along does begin September 12th, I believe. 12th? Okay, I was going to say shortly before ours ends. I think it's so, the 12th. If you're interested, go check out her group on Ravelry because it's hopping. I mean, a lot of people join this. And if she does it the same way she did the last one, I think she does close it to people entering because of managing mm -hmm. all the entries. I think you're right. So check it out. And the things that are in my queue that I want to knit are Ecuador, which I've talked about before, which is a circle type sweater. And I bought the yarn for this at Stitches in February. I bought Dragonfly Fibers Pixie, which is her light fingering single ply base in the pumpkin head colorway. So that was gonna be my experiment in orange to see how orange looked on me. Everybody who was with me and saw me holding the yarn up to myself had good things to say. So mm -hmm. here's to hoping that this redhead <laughs> can wear orange because I'm knitting it. And the other thing that I'd really like to knit for the knit along is Seacoast. And I talked about knitting that for this knit along as well because the same yarn that Charlene bought for her true, I bought the same base in a different color for Seacoast. And Seacoast is a pullover that has a, it, would you call it a boat neck? It's yes. a pretty wide collar that's yes. ribbed. It's just a beautiful pullover sweater, very simple. And I've been wanting to knit that for a long time. And I think that one will go fairly quickly because it's a thicker yarn. It was, it was a quick, quick knit. Yeah, I remember you knit yours in Rustita, right? And mm -hmm. you knit yours very quickly. Yeah. And Ecuador will take a much longer time because that's more like a twelve or 1300 yard project 
versus Seacoast, which is more like an 800 yard project. So those are the two that are high up on the list, but some other ones that I'm stalking and loving are her Darling Emma, which is a beautiful cardigan with lace fronts and ties, and it's just really pretty. And Majuga, which is in the Malabrigo book six, and she knit hers in Malabrigo Rios, which I'm knitting a sweater in right now. And I think she used the Arco Iris colorway, which is rainbow in Spanish. And it's the similar stitch pattern to what Charlene is using, just used on her shawl that she knit mm -hmm. for Elizabeth Doherty. Very similar stitch pattern. So if you have a variegated yarn, it looks stunning. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that I can knit that eventually, but I don't have yarn and stash for that. So that's a future, you know, on the stocking scale, it's lower on the stocking scale. Plus, so that's in the Malabrigo book. That book cost about $20. And although there's some other pretty patterns in it, I don't know that I would knit the other ones. So I don't think I'm going to invest $20 in the pattern book to knit one sweater. So that one's kind of, hmm. Maybe it'll get knit eventually. Maybe it won't. I was stalking that one several episodes ago. Yeah, I thought you had mentioned yeah, it too. It's yeah. really pretty. It is. I really like that one. Yeah, it's just a simple cardigan with that beautiful stitch pattern, mm -hmm. buttons up the front. I and, just love that stitch pattern. Yeah, and it has a classic look to it with that stitch pattern added to it. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be a sweater that would be very well used, except for the fact that it's also Rios, which is worsted, which might be too warm for us on, yeah. you know, most days here. But so those are the hokey patterns that I'm stocking. The other one I'm stocking is a shawl called Tailwind. It's by Clara Falk, and it's a free pattern on Ravelry. And Becky of the Wrapped in Wool podcast is knitting this and it's just a beautiful striped shawl that's a I think it's a four color shawl I think and of course you could modify that as you wish but it's just awesome and you know how I am about my multicolored shawls and I'd never seen the pattern before so when she posted recently in what are you knitting on our group I was like oh wow I really like that shawl and I'd never seen it before so that one is really pretty don't think that I'll be knitting it soon but you know, whenever I see shawls like that, I get all excited and do fantasy knitting in my head and then realize <laughs> that, you know, you can't knit all the things, Gail. So right. then it takes a back seat and, you know, you know how it is. Hopefully you guys are all in the same <laughs> fantasy knitting world. <laughs> so that's what I'm stocking. Stocking in preparation for Hohe's Fall Knit Along primarily, which, you know, today is September 1st. So that starts in less than two weeks. Yeah. Holy Christmolies, I have to yeah. finish a lot of my plan. Yeah, I have to finish <laughs> some other stuff I have on the needles so that I don't feel stressed out about it. You should, I should never use the word stressed in relation to knitting. Isn't that crazy? It is. That's ridiculous. But we do use it, huh? That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so let's, <laughs> let's move on from stocking. What have you been knitting? A couple of things. I am working on my Polaris, which is a pattern by Hiroko Fukatsu, who is the designer of Hitofude, which many of us have knit. Polaris is from the Amirisu Winter Spring 2015 issue six. And I've been working on this one for a while now, actually since July. And I, I feel like that's a long time for what it is. But the reason being, I put it aside while we were away in August, and that meant that I worked on something else. And another week when I came home, because I didn't want to pick it up, because I was finishing up what I was working on <laughs> from the vacation. But I 
recently take re, have recently taken it out and I love it. I love the it's yarn. Gorgeous. The yarn is a huge part of why this pullover top is coming out the gorgeous way it is because I'm using a silk and merino blend that I think is just perfect for the sweater. It is. I really do. There's a little bit of shine to it. There's the perfect and, amount of shine. I was going to yeah, say it's lustrous. It's it's just lovely. So the Polaris is a pullover sweater, lightweight yarn. It's single ply fingering yarn that I am using with a gather on the front at the bust, which is kind of its little unique design feature to it. So I, it's knit top down and I'm right to the point where now I'll be creating the gather. And then after I do the gather, it's just the bot finish the body and then sleeves. So hopefully it won't be too, too much longer. Um, that's the first thing I'm working on. I still think that that color is a muted Marsala. Hmm. Somewhat. And then it could totally Somewhat. be part of our knit along. Well, I I see that. What is it? The cashmere. What is the cashmere orchid, rose? Amethyst or... orchid. Is that what it's called? Oh, cashmere rose. The pink yeah, one. Yeah. I think it has that in there. So, so I'm looking at the color and I'm trying to decide what color it is. How would you describe <laughs> that color? Rosy pink, but. But not. Yeah. It's not it's, a rosy it's pink got like I would normally wear. It's got this It kind luster. of defies description in yeah. terms of the color itself. It's what, really, really pretty. I it's think, almost brown-leaning, but it's not brown. No, I don't see brown. And I, I think the, the shine just gives it a little bit of depth because instead of seeing, like, big swaths of somewhat, not multicolored, but the... How tonality? The, the tonality, the silk just takes the dye a little bit differently so you have tonality all over the whole thing <laughs> well, i don't know if that's a good way to describe it but well the silk would also reflect the light off a bit yes. differently so yes. that has an effect but i just cannot figure out what color that is <laughs> it's so pretty yeah it is okay moving so on. that's Sorry. <laughs> that's the first thing i'm working on second thing is i did cast on my whip it cardigan which is a very Whippy light good airy open front cardigan that is knit in very light fingering yarn and i am using the yarn that's called for in the pattern gail and i both are it is 55 percent merino 45 percent cotton holst yarn from coast and i'm liking knitting with this yarn more than i thought i would sweet yeah i wasn't sure if i would like it Number one, because of the cotton content. Number two, because it is such a thin, light fingering yarn. I wasn't sure how that would work out for me. But it's really nice. And I haven't gotten very far on it yet. But hopefully that will have a few more inches added to it in the next couple of weeks. And what do you think about the pattern so far? I've heard that the collar is kind of difficult to get your brain around. It is. Okay. It is. You have to pay attention to it. It's okay. not not necessarily difficult, but it's one of those patterns that. Let's see if I can explain this correctly. It'll it'll have. It, there's a stitch pattern or a stitch sequence for let's say rows one through four, in a box. Then you're following the pattern, and it'll say, "Do X X one from the box." Okay. And then do this 
and then go back and do this from the box. Okay. And so then you're in a four row repeat. And so you do row one, you do row two, both times referring back to stitch patterns in the box. Then when you get to row three, it says repeat row one. So you're going back to row one, oh, then which sends you back to the box okay. and back to row one, but you're really on row three. So it's a little confusing. Okay. You just really have to pay attention. Okay. You have to use a really good stitch marker, might be a, not, not stitch marker, row counter, or mark it off with a pencil. It's definitely one of those things that you could use the Sterka counter for. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. It's everybody I know who I've asked a couple people who either have finished knitting it or are in the process of knitting it, and they all said it's a very well-written pattern, but that you really just have to trust the designer yeah. in the collar and pay attention. Yeah, so, okay. I haven't, I don't think there's any problems with the pattern. I don't think it's poorly written in any way. You just have to pay, pay attention. attention to okay. it. Okay, good to know. So how about you? What are you knitting? Well, back to Whippet. I did, I have swatched for Whippet, and I use two different needle sizes, the size called for in the pattern and one size smaller, which I usually have to drop one size to get gauge. Mm -hmm. And both of my gauge swatches turned out way too tight. So I need to swatch again, and I'm going to go up two needle sizes for my next wow. swatch. Yeah. So, and Charlene had said that she was having trouble because hers was too loose yeah. and mine was too tight. So <laughs> go figure. But I'm loving the yarn in the fabric that I'm getting. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping I still like the yarn in a more open fabric. Yeah. yeah. But that's still in the fantasy knitting stage because it's swatching. So what I'm actually knitting, I am still working on Mike's sweater, which is the Longfellow pattern by Michelle Wang. I am in my hand right now. I have sock number two of the Rose City Rollers, which is pair number two. So the last pair that I knit was in Candy Skein in the Frozen Berries or Mixed Berries. I don't know why I can't remember the name of that. And this is the second pair in this with the same skein. The first skein that, or first skein, okay. The first pair that I knit, I knit in a one size larger needle. I used a US one. These ones I'm using a US zero. The last pair had super, super cool pooling that I loved. I thought it was just wicked cool. And this pair is beautiful, but it's striped. So it's a completely different look. Same exact stitch count, one size smaller needle. So obviously that changed my gauge. Mm. And I, I gave the first pair to my mom. I may ask her to bring them back when she comes for dinner tomorrow so that I can do a side-by-side -side comparison just because mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by... Wow, I knit both of those pairs of socks with the same exact yarn, the same exact needle count, and they're completely different <laughs> from one another. Well, also, the fact that it's in a different part of the skein has to have something to do well, with it, Well, that's true, too. too. That's because true. Because the yarn or the dyes can't be exactly in the same spot throughout the whole skein. That's you see, true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that has to have something to do with it too so yep. there's lots of variables there are yeah many factors that but they look great. affect that <laughs> but in the hour we were sitting here chatting i was talking about how beautiful tammy's of candy skein her september colorway she does a different colorway every month that's only available that month and her september colorway is chocolate raspberry truffle it's really and it pretty. Is beautiful yeah. and as soon as i saw her sneak peek picture on instagram i was thinking i must buy that so mm -hmm. yeah i'm not supposed to be buying yarn online but it went live and i think 
I was probably the first person to purchase it because I'd been hitting refresh all morning long. <laughs> like, I just love it so much. I'm just going to stalk oh, her site. I didn't site. realize you already had bought it. Oh, yeah. Well, we oh, were wow. sitting here and I showed it to you. I put it in my cart and bought it while oh, you were talking. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm fast. <laughs> I'm wicked fast when it comes to buying yarn. So, anyways, those are the Rose City Rollers, which is a free pattern by Mara Catherine Briner on Ravelry. And super, super fast and easy pattern. I talked about it before, so I won't go into much detail again, but they're just a cuff down little footy sock and I love them. This pair was supposed to be for my other best friend, Melissa, my running friend. And I told Charlie and I said, I might keep these for myself and knit another pair in a different yarn for Melissa. I haven't decided yet. So I might be stingy. Totally Not stingy. Acceptable. I will still knit a pair for her. Yeah. She doesn't even know I'm knitting them right, for her. So there's right. no hurry, but she might get a different color. Totally acceptable. And since the last episode, I did cast on my Armand cardigan, which is a pattern by Andy Satterland. It's a free pattern from Knitty Magazine. And I talked about this on the last episode, how the pattern itself had had some not favorable reviews. So I went through the pattern in detail and marked a lot of things for myself. And after we recorded, when I cast on, I realized, well, before I cast on, I knew that my gauge was too big. I'm using Rios, the Malabrigo Rios base in the Plomo colorway, which is a beautiful gray, which is stormy weather from the Pantone fall color collection. So it will be for our Colors of Fall knit along. And because my gauge was bigger, but I really liked the fabric, I did the math and I actually cast on for the smallest size of the sweater mm -hmm. to give myself a size that will fit my body. So that's the first modification I did for myself. And I've never done that before with a pattern. I know a lot of people have, but that was my first, this is my first experiment with that. And then I knit several of the decreases and didn't like the placement of them. So I ripped back about three inches and restarted them and added something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I actually did some decreases and then increases in the center of my lower back because often with my cardigans, I get a bunch of fabric there, you know, the fabric bunches right there. And it's always bugged me. And I thought, well, why not just do a little bit of de decreasing and increasing, you know, to suck that back in. So I did that and I'm pretty happy with how it looks. I mean, the sweater obviously isn't finished because I'm still knitting it, but we'll see when it's done. I will let you know how that modification worked. But I am so far almost finished with the body up to the underarms. So soon I will be splitting. It's a bottom up with pockets. You knit the ribbed button bands at the same time as the sweater. And then when you get to the underarms, you split for the left front, right front, and back. And then you join them all together, I think with the three needle bind off at the shoulders. And then it's a set in sleeve. So I'm gonna use Elizabeth Doherty's set in sleeve method, her formula for picking up stitches around the armhole mm -hmm. to knit my sleeves. So I'm about a third of the way done with the sweater probably. And it's knitting up so quickly because Rios is, I would call it a heavy worsted weight mm -hmm. yarn. Yeah. It's a lovely yarn, but it's very splitty. I had never really noticed really? before. It's pretty splitty yarn. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm loving the pattern. I did, like I said, I did mark it up a lot. So I knew, I even 
went so far as to write out for myself, you know, row one, two, three, four, all the way up to, I think I'm up to row 120 or something. Mm -hmm. And every row that's supposed to have a buttonhole or an increase or a decrease, I noted it so that I wouldn't have to try to figure it out on the fly. So kind of similar to what you're saying with the whip it collar. Mm -hmm. So I kind of made a cheat sheet chart for myself is kind of what I would call it. So, but it's, I think it's going to be a really pretty sweater. I'm super excited about it. Cool. So that's what I'm knitting. What have you finished? Well, I know one thing you finished because oh, it's so thing, pretty. Yeah, the only thing that I finished is my test knit shawl for Elizabeth Doherty. The yarn, let's see, I need to look up the information about the yarn again. So the yarn that I used is Duck Duck Wool 8020 Merino Silk Fingering. And I used a colorway called Summer Sidewalk which, as we've mentioned previously, looks like chalk on gray, on a gray concrete sidewalk. So imagine kids' chalk drawings and what they get like after they've been there for a little while and they're messed up and you just see kind of chalky colors. And that's exactly what this looks like. Yellows, purples, pinks, turquoise, a little bit of orange, a little green, a little bit of everything. It's really neat. It's so pretty. Really, really neat. And this shawl has a stitch pattern. I cannot remember what this stitch pattern is called, but you slip a stitch for a couple of rows, and then you twist a couple of stitches so you get that elongated slipped stitch going in two different directions. You do in one set going one direction, and then another set going the other direction. And if you remember the hat that I knit by Hohilo Catelli called the Wildflower Hat. Actually, Gail and I both both have knit that hat. It's called the Wildflower, and it uses the same stitch pattern, and it looks just fantastic in variegated yarns. So that was one of the reasons why I picked this particular special skein, which had been in my stash for a while waiting for the perfect project. (laughs) And you found it. It's really an ideal match. I love it. So the body is made in that elongated slipped stitch pattern. And then there's a knit on edging that is divided by horizontal braid and then garter stitch um, edging that goes back and forth. Perpendicular to the rest of the body of the shawl. It's awesome. With little picots on the end. I just absolutely love this. And I did block it once, but I'm going to re-block it. I'm borrowing Gail's blocking wires. wires. Thank you. Which I whacked Charlene in the head with when I walked (laughs) in the door. (laughs) Accidentally. And I'm going to re-block it more of a crescent shape, which which is actually the shape that it's supposed to be. And I kind of blocked it that way, but it's still got a little bit of a bump where I cast on. And I I know that if I re-block it in a crescent, in a much sharper crescent, I'll be able to diminish that. So very happy with it. That's the only thing that I finished. This is what I was working on when we were away on vacation. And then when I got home, I finished it. And that's why my Polaris has had no love for the last little bit. (laughs) But it was worth it because I absolutely love it. It's really, really, really pretty. So I think the pattern may be out this week. If it is out this week, I will put a link to it in the show notes. Have you finished anything, Gail? Nope. Nope? Okay. (laughs) It's been, as Shirley knows, it's been a tumultuous work 
environment for me for the last, I don't know, two months. And it kind of culminated when a different company acquired us recently. And I found myself, although not like outwardly stressed, I must be stressed because I've been sleeping, falling asleep very early in the evenings, which means I haven't been doing much knitting. So don't have any finished objects except for last night I finished the back of Mike's sweater. Yay. So that's a huge chunk of yeah, knitting that was finished. Definitely. So it's not a project, but it's one quarter probably of the finished, sweater. you reached your goal. I did. It was August 31st, and I was yeah. determined to finish the back <laughs> of that sweater last night. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get this baby done, and I did. So. That's great. Woohoo. Okay. So let's do a very quick Colors of Fall knit-along check-in. We are getting more and more fall outfits or fall looks in the knit along FO thread, which is so cool. And I have all of my FO so far sitting there waiting for pictures. And it's just been too hot to even consider putting on a piece of hand knit. You know, mm-hmm. I would sweat all over it. It would be gross. It just <laughs> would not achieve the desired look. So mm-hmm. those are still going to happen, but it just hasn't been cool enough. And I did want to mention the prizes again. I also heard back from an, an at least one other prize person. Stephen West is donating a pattern. So pretty cool. Nice. I was surprised he got back to me. I don't know why I was surprised, but <laughs> it took him a little while. So I guess I thought that he wasn't going to respond. And then he did. It's like, wow, I'm so, so happy. So Yarny prizes. We have a skein of yarn from Western Sky Knits. We have the amazing rainbow gradient from Dragonfly Fibers. We have a skein of yarn and a project brag from Shasta Daisy Knits. We have a $25 Etsy certificate from Deborah, who is gold girl on Ravelry. And we have patterns. We have a pattern from Stephen West. We have a pattern from Aroha Knits, who is Francois. We have three patterns from Cobblestone Designs. Two patterns from Vanessa, who is Vanessa Polo on Ravelry. We have one from Tyga Hilliard, one of her baby patterns. We have the therapy shawl pattern from Laura Ayler. We have a pattern of your choice from Michelle Wang, a pattern of your choice from Hohi, and the All the Azles ebook from Allie Coffee, who is Crafty Allie on Ravelry. So woohoo! Yay. Tons of stuff. Oh, and then the skein of Miss Babs Yowza. And a skein of Journey Sock from Dana of the Unwind Yarn Company. I almost forgot those two because they were lower down on the page. We got the skein of Yowza from Miss Babs, and it is stunning. It's her diva colorway. Oh, it's so, 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 so pretty. It's very Charlene. Yes. Very, very Charlene. (laughs) So thank you to everyone who is donating. You still have 20 days on the knit along. So we'll do one more recording before that wraps up. So very exciting. And I just want to put a plug in for something that Gail and I don't mention enough, especially coming up on all the expenses with mailing all the prizes out that we're going to have. Oh, gosh, that's true. I I just want to mention that we are Craftsy affiliates. We are also Amazon affiliates. The links for those, both of which can be found on our website where we put the show notes. Which is yarniax.com. And... It would be very helpful if you are purchasing anything from Amazon or if you are purchasing anything from Craftsy to use those links. So we really only get a couple of pennies from each purchase from both programs, but any pennies that you can take or that you can send our way would be great. We would be very grateful for. Thank you. Yeah, it does help. It's the 
postage and stuff and you know the hosting fees for the podcast and things like that so yes yes and we do always forget to mention we that. do yeah. always forget to mention it always it's hard every time. to ask people yeah to we're not very good out. at that we're not good at that so i was actually i reminded my parents the other day i don't know why i was thinking of it but i'm like hey if you guys ever order from amazon go through my website and my dad looked at me and said what does that mean I'm like never mind but mom you know she's like don't worry i will my dad just had this look of utmost confusion on his face and he does use the internet so oh. yeah he even has his own website so i have no idea why he was confused but oh, well. i'll have to give him a little lesson <laughs> all right so we have a new feature topic related to last episode's feature topic so last week we talked about yarn put-ups thank you very much <laughs> charlene and i both are having kind of a an off day in terms of speech so yeah, yes we talked we about are. yarn put-ups and it was very well received we got some rave reviews and this one this time we would like to talk about yarn labels so what is the content of a yarn label how can it help you as a knitter what should you be able to find and what should you be kind of keeping in the back of your mind mm -hmm. as kind of a you know not a beware but you know just to be aware of mm -hmm. not beware mm -hmm. of so standard stuff on the label well in terms of standards that's an interesting <laughs> there aren't any <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it because what we have found is that there really aren't any standards and there really is not any regulatory body that says if you are selling yarn or are a yarn mill or manufacturer reseller you there's there's no rule over what is on a label so if you take a label from several companies and line them all up they're gonna look different have different information some information hopefully most yarn labels will have such as yardage and meterage those are all every every knitter crafter wants to know what how much yardage how much right. length is in your skein weight is one of those things that most yarn manufacturers put on there most noticeably the madeline tosh yarns don't put weight they yeah. only put they only put length they have yards and meters on there but they don't have a weight and the reason that that's a problem is if you're trying to determine how many yards you have in your skein so if Madeline Tosh says, okay, there are 400 yards in the skein, you're just taking it on faith, as opposed to this is a 400 yard skein of 100 grams. So if they say it's 100 grams, you can weigh the skein. And if it's 100 grams, you can do the math and figure out how many yards per gram if yeah. you need to for a specific project versus, okay, if I weigh my skein of Madeline Tosh, I have no idea if of knowing if it's a little over exactly or under or yeah. it's just a big fat mystery so yeah. that's one I think issue most, i have i think for most of the malintosh yarns people have speculated that they're supposed to be you know either four ounces or i can't remember if it's four ounces or 100 grams that kind of thing and so you can you can speculate like I said, but the and other... those are the most common weights, right? And I'm not right. going to say the standard weight because there is no, no standard as no. we've determined. But typically, you'll find skeins that are either 100 grams or 50 grams or, or four, four ounces. ounces. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty consistent 
weight for a skein of yarn. Yeah, unless you have something that is usually an incredibly light, lofty type yarn, like Kid Silk Haze or Angora. Those are generally lighter put-ups. Mm-hmm. I think, I think. well, Angora you often find in very small put-ups just because of the price point. But Kid Silk Haze ships in 25 grams, for example. And some of the more expensive yarns can ship in in different weights too luxury well, yarns i should say another another way that it another reason that's good information though is if you have a worsted weight skein of yarn that for example is four ounces or 100 grams and it's 210 yards and then you have another skein of worsted weight that's the same weight but it's 270 yards you automatically know that that skein with more yardage it's going to be a lighter loftier wool because you have more yards per gram or per ounce so that's another way like for example you guys most of you know that i prefer to knit my sweaters in loftier wool if it's a worsted weight so i would be looking for that information i would be looking at okay like a madeline tosh vintage or a cascade 220 not superwash usually is going to be 200 to 220 yards in 100 grams. Well, I prefer things like uh, Imperial Stock Ranch Aaron that has more yardage in the same amount of weight. So hopefully I made that clear. <laughs> so, But that's one thing that I definitely look for on the label, which if they don't provide both pieces of information, I cannot determine. Right, right. So and now you guys hear Boo's caller. Helpful. He's right next to the microphone. He's making a guest appearance. <laughs> so what else? Uh, gauge. Suggest fiber gauge content is also nice. Fiber content. Washing Some instructions. Washing instructions. Some yarns will put country of origin, where where the wool or fiber, fiber came from. Came from. An organization called the Craft Yarn Council has tried to set standards for yarn weight and categories. They have set these categories numerically from zero to seven, zero denoting lace and seven denoting what they call jumbo yarn or let's see, they say roving can be jumbo yarn. It's six that would be six stitches and fewer to four inches so that's that's really big yarn (laughs) and those are the numbers if you for example commercial yarns i've seen these icons mostly on things like lion brand yarn Mm -hmm. they're the little icon that's a skein of yarn i think it's black and then it has a white rectangle or square in the middle with the number in it and then that number shows you you know, zero through seven, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be an indication of the thickness of the yarn. Mm-hmm. So if you were a new knitter and you looked at your pattern, and not many patterns use these numbers right. either, but some magazine patterns do, I've noticed. So if you were a new knitter, saw that your pattern in the magazine that you were going to knit required a number four yarn, you could then go to the store and look for skeins that had number four. Now, like I said, not every yarn seller uses these standards, but some do. So, I would say most yarns don't. Like yeah. the, commercial, <laughs> the big, big, big commercial yarns do. Yeah. But I haven't seen that icon on most yarn labels. The interesting thing is that 
I think the symbols were used more several years ago. It's I, like I they tried, say, the yarn, Craft yeah. Yarn Council tried really hard yeah. to make it a standard and it wasn't adopted. I, That's what I, I think do happened. remember it being more visible or I noticed it more, maybe because I was a newer knitter, I would say like eight, seven, eight years ago, I remember seeing it more frequently. And I remember seeing it on patterns too, but perhaps because I was looking at patterns in magazines. And like I said, some magazines use those symbols. Some don't, but some do. So that could be it too. And then again, that number, while it gives you an indication of the thickness of the yarn, it doesn't mean that you will get the gauge associated with that number. Right. So the gauge, we wanted to talk about the gauge and tension information that's usually on a yarn label. So you may find it as a little square grid that will show you how many stitches and rows over a four inch area. So it could be mm-hmm. a little graphic oh, representation, yeah. which again is usually on those commercial brands that would also have the, the yarn thickness icon. Or what I see most frequently, and this especially is true with indie dyers, is you might just have a small little statement that says X number of stitches over, you know, X number of stitches on this size needle or this size crochet hook. So that information, while useful, is also, on the other hand, can be misleading. So if you have a pattern that says you need to knit at this particular gauge, you can go and shop for a yarn that has that gauge on the label, but it doesn't mean you as a knitter can achieve that gauge. So it depends on many things. It depends on the fiber content of the yarn. It depends on the needles you're using. It depends on your individual tension. So don't use that as a given. Oh, well, it says on the ball band or on the label that I can get this gauge. That doesn't mean you're going to either one, be able to get the gauge or two, like the fabric that you get at that gauge. So use it as a guideline. And the other thing to know is that from all of our research, that swatch or gauge information is always done in stockinette stitch. Mm -hmm. So read your pattern carefully, make sure that the gauge information in your pattern is given in stockinette stitch because some are not. So like whip it, is stockinette. Mm-hmm. The gauge is supposed to be stockinette, but they said to do a few rows of the lace pattern in that gauge. So you have to read your pattern carefully to know what your gauge specifications are before you're certain that what's on that ball band applies to you. It's so complicated. Well, it's not, it's not that it's complicated. You just have to know these yeah. things because I know yeah. I, when I first started knitting, I would say, oh, I want to knit a worsted weight scarf. And I'd walk into a store and say, where's the worsted weight yarn? And, oh, okay, well, this looks like it's worsted weight. And then you get it home and I didn't know enough to know you know, how the gauge is going to work and then how many yards I would need for a specific gauge. And then, Mm. oh, the fiber content. Let's spend a minute talking about fiber content. (laughs) So as a new knitter, I would think, oh, well, there's this pretty scarf pattern I want to knit. It says worsted weight. I'll go pick out a pretty worsted weight. So I'd walk in the yarn store, I'd pick something pretty and I'd leave. Well, look at your pattern and look at the yarn stated in the pattern and the fiber content in that yarn and then make sure that the label on the yarn you're purchasing has a similar fiber content. Because one of the mistakes that I made for a sweater quantity of yarn was instead of buying wool, I bought cotton. So it was the same weight of yarn, but it did not produce the same fabric at all. 
So that's another whole topic in and of itself. But (laughs) that fiber content information on the ball band is very, very important. And the superwash versus non-superwash can be right. very inform- very informative as well. Right. Care instructions. Some of the larger yarn manufacturers use the washing symbols. And Gail and I were saying, even though we see these on ready-to-wear clothes, we see them on yarns, neither of us really know what all of these symbols mean because we both, we, I've looked at the list before and we think there's about 30 different yeah, symbols <laughs> there are which I, some are for washing some are for drying some are ironing. for ironing all these different treatments you just need to look it up <laughs> and lion brand yarn has a very comprehensive list of the symbols so i did some research for this topic and you know oh well look at all these symbols that there are that there can be on a yarn label and again mostly the commercial yarns are going to have those icons that show you care information. So Lion Brand Yarn has a very good list on their website of what those icons mean because they put them on their yarn labels. Well, most indie dyers and smaller dyers don't put those care symbols. They Mm -hmm. might just say machine washable or hand wash only in mild soap and water. So definitely make sure you read that care information because you don't want to put a yarn in the washing machine that is not a super washable because it will felt. And even if it says on the label that it's super wash, I would always recommend that you treat your swatch the same way you would treat your finished garment before you do that to your finished garment. So if you're going to put your sweater in the washing machine, put your swatch in the washing machine and see what happens to the swatch. It's a much less painful way to learn that you're going to have very unhappy results. Right, exactly. (laughs) And as we've said about superwash wool before, it stretches a lot. It stretches so much that you will panic the first time you you soak something in superwash yarn and pull it out and it is two times the size that you (laughs) originally planned. It's amazing. I don't know how it comes back into shape, but it it does. It does. (laughs) But seeing that on the label is also extremely informative because then you know, okay, when I block this superwash wool, it's going to grow. I shouldn't panic because I know I can put it in the dryer for five minutes to tighten it back up. Mm -hmm. So that's another, it's not specific care information, but it's related to the care of the yarn. That's true. So there are always care tips for types of fibers that you can perhaps commonly find on Ravelry if you look for discussions about that particular yarn or maybe comments about that yarn, although a lot of people don't use the comment section on yarn. But if you look for projects that people have made in that yarn, that's where I commonly find tips or comments about how folks have dealt with specific issues about a particular yarn, something stretching, for example, or something that needs to be stretched out to block. You'll commonly find those when people write about their projects. Yep. Or PM the dyer. Right. (laughs) Just ask the dyer, you know, I'm about to block this and it has a fiber content I'm not used to, like maybe it has linen in it and you're not used to linen or it has a high silk content, whatever it may be. And if you've never blocked that type of fiber before, 
ask and then you know do your research and or ask the dyer so that you don't end up blocking in such a way that either you overblock, which can happen, and then certain fibers are not elastic, so they will not go back to their original shape. So definitely do your research before you, for example, aggressively block something, mm -hmm. especially on the yarn labels that have very little information. Because right. some yarn labels have a lot, some yarn labels have very little. And that's just because it's not standardized. Right, but most yarn labels at least for the hand dyers, they have a contact information. I think a lot That's of true. I think yeah. a lot of the larger companies don't necessarily have specific contact information. They'll put something general like a website mm -hmm. or maybe even a phone number, but probably most likely a website. And so then once you, if you have a question, then you have to go to the website and kind of search for the contact information right. yourself. But a lot of the small dyers, they put specific contact information. When I say that, I mean an email address right on the label. Right. So, yeah. So that's the summary of the information that we determined was at least universal enough to be discussed for yarn labels. Right. And when I asked dyers what information they were required to put on, or as I as I mentioned, there's really nothing required, but what information they chose to put on, pretty much everybody said it's customer driven. What does the customer need to know in order to use this yarn? And what do our customers want on the label? So if you have something that you want to see on a label, open a dialogue with your favorite dyer. Yeah, that's true because I think many of them print their ball bands in such a way that they can probably alter that information mm -hmm. fairly easily. Like I don't think most of them are sending it out to a printer, a professional printer necessarily. Maybe some do, but... Yeah. Or, or just ask. Yeah, or just ask. <laughs> Yeah. And even if they don't put it on the yarn label for you, they can give you the information right. so that you can have right. it in your own arsenal of information for that particular yarn. Right. Because you can never have too much information about the exactly. yarn. Exactly. Exactly. So special thanks to Kim at Western Sky Knits, Kate at Dragonfly Fibers, and Karita at Neighborhood Fiber Company, who all answered my pleas for information and gave us good information to use in the segment yeah and thank you to the craft yarn council who doesn't even know that we're referring to them because they have tried to set standards so i have to admire that they've given it a try yes. so. so hopefully you all found that useful hopefully you're all still knitting along for your fall colors of fall knit along projects 20 days to go yeah. i'm super excited yeah. it better cool down here enough for us to take pictures that's all i can say or we're gonna it have will. to go out at like seven in the morning when yeah. it's super foggy and cooled yeah. out so, because a fall look usually involves boots right. and things like that, right. which, yeah, you've got to time that mm -hmm. lately around here. So, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I have to apologize for being extremely tongue-tied today. <laughs> we both feel that way today. We both feel tongue-tied today. We so. have done so many outtakes. I'm going to have to edit this episode more than I've ever edited yeah. before. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, huh? It's been a long morning for me. I've had some family... Sad, family sadness going on. Yeah, Charlene needs big hugs. <laughs> big, big hugs. Okay, thank you for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniax or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.